Yeah, I got that. Okay. This payday, this, I'm sorry, you guys gotta see, this is a joke. <laughs> this payday is half of a payday. I open the, I open the wrapper and there's half of a payday in there. Thank you, payday. <laughs> That's a shitty thing. <laughs> there's, yeah. so, there's so much genuine anger in your voice. <laughs> that sucks. There's no peanuts on here either. This is a terrible <laughs> There's thing. no peanuts on payday. It's literally just caramel. <laughs> Look, the backside looks good. The front side? It's, <laughs> there's like <three> <laughs> just a package of half caramel. Tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated sports podcast in the history of professional sports podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Live from the 8-1-5. Episode 59 of Live from the A15 podcast. It is me, Colton St. Vincent. It's Sam Connors. It's Jake LaRue. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good. Sam, how you doing? Why am I always second? It's it's Sam Connors. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing good, Colton. What's going on? Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad you uh, included (laughs) me right at the end there. Perfect. All right. What a hot, hot start to the episode. <laughs> Boys, we have a great, great show today. We have um, CSN Chicago um, White Sox correspondent. He's he's a giant in the Chicago industry. Um, Chuck Garfine joins the show later. Yeah. Chuck, big interview. Oh, Sam, were you there for this interview? No, it was so cool. Chuck was great. He's a good guy. And, uh, it just... You have to listen to the interview. It's a must. I clapped because I'm, I'm I'm a great host. So shout, hang on, shout out to me. All right, moving on. Um, but yeah, guys, we have a lot to go on in sports. Uh, where do we start? Um, you know what? I know where we start. The highlight of 2018, and that is the beginning to the comeback. This is this is officially the beginning of the Tiger Woods comeback. Um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life was watching Tiger on Sunday. And that's, and that's, it's up, the, oh, it's not up there with the Cubs. Other, other than the Cubs winning the World Series, I'd say watching Tiger win on Sunday was, was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. Because I did not, did honestly, I, oh, I definitely fucking cried. Are you kidding me? I was at work, and I was, like, getting yelled at for watching too much TV, and then I basically ignored everybody who was, like, staring at me or telling me to, like, get back to work. And I watched him walk down the 18th fairway. Did you guys see any of the, uh, any of the... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I watched, like, a lot of it, and that was crowds. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was honestly, like, stuff that you see in a Disney movie, and you're like... It was like Happy Gilmore. Yes. It, looked, it was Happy just like Happy Gilmore. People, there was literally, like, hundreds of people just surrounding him, running in circles, screaming. And when he made that tiny little tap-in and backed up and put his arms in the air and smiled... I started crying, and I had to dead ass sprint to to the uh, employee bathroom in the back of the restaurant, and sit there and cry. <laughs> wow! 
I cried. It wasn't a weep, but it was. A, I was. I was literally sitting on the toilet, and my face was was like towards the ground, and I saw tears rolling down to my nose, to the tip of my nose, and then they fell off. It was so oh, cool. Man. This is what Tiger Woods does to golf fans. Oh my! That was unbelievable. It was just so he fucking cool. Cover when he's not playing. We don't even talk about it. And Colton's crying when he wins. That's oh, crazy. Oh, it was so cool. And now it was, it, it was probably the biggest story of the weekend, which it, it surpassed NFL football, which is insane. That never happened. Yeah, because games were actually going on, and Twitter was still blowing up about Tiger, and that's that's crazy, especially this early in the season when every single team is still technically in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no. And Tiger's the big news, and I thought the crowds were the coolest part. And I thought the one funny thing I saw was how awkward and like El Rory talked about how he handled the crowd. Having to play with him, like after Rory, he like teed up on the last hole, like teed off and ran down and like punted it real quick and just got out of the way and just let Tiger do. I I did think that was cool because he he was. That was awesome. They were like walking on the fairway because they played together and Rory looked at him and was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna literally." He said like, he 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 said the words, "Hey, I'm just gonna run up right now and finish while you're walking. I'm so take your time." And then Tiger's like, "Wait, what?" And then Rory just started like like jogging up to finish. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, well, and I think Rory said uh, in an interview, like playing under with him, like the, under those circumstances, like a three-stroke penalty. It was it was impossible, you know. And yeah. Oh, imagine Tiger walking down the 18th, and he's like down one, tied or up one in a major. That is going to uh, be the loudest golf course of all time. He, he's not even affected by it anymore. I bet though. You he know, was, like he's been seeing that shit since he was like five years old. The cool part know? was as he was, as he was like walking down the fairway, he was smiling and he looked like he was enjoying it. He wasn't like he wasn't like walking like he was focused. Like oh, I still have work to do. Like it's not over till it's over. He knew it was over. He and he and like the look on his face looked like to me that he was like, I can't fucking believe I just came back and I won this tournament. Like I can't. It was it, it was crazy. It, it really was. It was cool. I. The sea of people was just phenomenal. It was like a commercial. It was like, that'll probably be on his next commercial at some point. Like, all these doubters, and that's like just him, you know, kind of pushing past all that. But it's also one of the most amazing things to see is when you see grown men chasing after another human like that. You don't see that, really, in any other sport like no. that. Not like that. You just yeah. saw this this crowd, and it just kept coming and coming. You know, just tons of old people yeah the reason uh, it was like that was because for some reason this golf course the tee box from the tee box to the fairway and then even after like it you have to walk through the crowd so even if it's not tiger that's sort of how it is like fa- like fans can still walk behind the, the final group but just because yeah. it was tiger it was this massive like movie like crowd and it was fucking yeah, unbelievable. Watching a whole country move. Oh, it was so cool. And then um, today I watched like a 15-minute uh, highlight reel of his like fall. And it was literally like it was him as a rookie. And then it was all of his highlights. And then it was him in 2008 when he like fucked up his back and his knee. And then after that it was his like uh, press clippings and his like divorce and all that. And then his like D- DWI and all that and almost jail time. And there was great dramatic music in the background. And then it, like, slowly brought back his year this year on how he was, like, almost winning majors. And then it showed the, that... Did you guys see that um, that video that... I forgot what website it was, but they 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 made, a like, a two-minute video of all the, um, like, news... Of the uh, sports talk radio shows and, like, sports talk shows. 
bashing him, and they showed it to him. Just, yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was so cool. And then he literally looked it up. He's like, or he like, he like uh, looked it up from the screen. He's like, all right. And then they just cut it in this in this video, and then it showed him winning. And I was, oh man, it was just so fucking cool to see. And now the uh, and now the Ryder Cup is next week. I don't know if you guys are into the Ryder Cup, but it's so cool. I mean, I can get into it more, especially after a Tiger win. It is, it is going to be a dominant U.S. win. I, I really don't see, like, those guys are going to be crazy intense. It's going to be nuts. The only way I think it might be good, so, do you guys know, like, the whole the whole layout of the uh, Ryder Cup? Sort of. U.S. versus everybody else. It's U.S. versus Europe, and Europe. it's, it's yeah. like, it's like team games and, and like, and like all that stuff. But it's all just the, match play, right? It's like, like it's match play, but it's like different games where it's alternate shot. So one guy hits a ball, the next guy hits the ball, and then there's like singles match play. There's team match play. There's, there's it's it's super cool. And uh, Europe dominated for like 20 years. Two years ago was the first time in like 16 years U.S. won. And then all the all the U.S. guys were at the course watching Tiger, and they all were like welcomed him right at like off of 18 green. And then, uh-huh. and then in his uh, press conference, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna, um, we're not gonna sleep too much on the plane tonight on, the, on the uh, flight over to uh, Paris." And then they're like, "Oh," oh and they're like, "Oh, what do you mean by that?" And he smiles. He goes, "You know, you know what I mean by that. We're gonna sleep pretty, pretty well once we actually land in Paris, but we're not gonna sleep till we get there." Yeah, that's bad. I, being on that plane, what would, what would you pay to be on that plane? I would pay Sam's entire like. entire toe. Like like all of his toe bets combined. Wow! It's just every. A lot of Sam's toes. Oh, the only oh my god, that that would just be so cool. Imagine how lame those dumbass jokes would be with Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth, <laughs> and Tiger getting drunk and trying to party, and then and then like Dustin Johnson just like I'm picturing him in in like a corner like like swishing some whiskey, and then Bryson DeChambeau is, has like a, a a protractor like trying to help fly the plane. Fucking nerd. All right. Anyway, that's that's talking golf. That I was. was... Say, can I get one? I got one question for you guys. Real sure. Quick. I saw at the end, Tiger hugs uh, unknown lady. How long? How many more tournaments will this lady be around for? Is this is this pretty much just like a hey? She was kind of the the you know tournament groupie here this week, or is she sticking around? She was, you, I don't know, Colton. You're the guy. I guess Colton's the guy. Yeah. She was probably the first uh, girl that was. Off of the uh, green that had a pulse, and then that's and that's basically who who Tiger's dating is the, is the next female that he sees that smiles at him. That's his girlfriend. That also works at Perkins. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Jake. Thoughts? Um, well, I, I would think it's kind of a big deal who you bring to a big golf tournament. You know, like I wouldn't think Tiger would bring a a fling girl to like a tournament he could win. You know, the last day of a tournament, he could win. <laughs> no, I mean, I people do that pretty. I, have you seen Have you seen Brooks Kepka's history of no, his? Uh, definitely not. It's fucking hilarious. All three of his majors are different women, and somebody and the announcer after his second major said, "Oh, that's so and so," and he said the first girl's name, and it wasn't her. So he had to come out publicly and be like, "Yeah, that's that's not the same girl." And then it was a different girl like four months later when he won his third tournament. <laughs> that's pretty. That is pretty cool. I didn't think golf guys would do that, but uh, I am wrong. <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget who Tiger is. Yeah, he, I know. He's but... made golf what it is like that. That's so cool. Tiger would. And on top would of fuck of a it, mailbox. He showed up in a in a cutoff. Oh. the shirt, like 
you know, thrown over the shoulder. He has no clue. Like, he, he was just ready. He was amped, but he doesn't know who he just slept with the night before. He just brought whoever. Oh, I love him he, so much. He was... did a quick Perkins breakfast, picked her up on the way there, said, hey, do you like golf? And she probably just had no clue what to say, and that's who, you know, did the Oh. Yeah, he was he was holding his golf shirt like it was like a like a permanent press like dry clean shirt, and his golf shirts are like um, they're a uh, fucking dry fit, so they don't like wrinkle. I don't get why he was doing that. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. It was cool though. Very sure. So cool. Oh man. Well, let's talk in golf. Do you guys have anything else on golf? No, that is definitely all the golf I have to talk about. Oh well, then we can we can kick it over to. The NFL, where the Chicago Bears are leading the NFC North. Sam, I see you sort of grinning there. Thoughts on the Bears through three weeks? Okay, I've been I've been going back and forth on it. Um, if somebody would have told me at the start of the year, "Hey, you're two and one," I'd be like, I, you know, I would be pumped. I really would. I would be so excited. I would say, "Holy crap, that's better than what I thought." Yada yada blah blah. How can a two and one team disappoint me so much? <laughs> that, that, it was so, it really was, it was so hard to watch. Mitch Trubisky continues to look like an asshole out there. He looks terrible, he has no touch, he has absolutely no accuracy, he can't read the field, he's not even, he was just throwing up the ball at points. Like, he just saw that there might have been a one-on-one, except for he must have forgot that it was Patrick Peterson, and he would just put the ball up in the air, not really knowing where it's going. Um, I don't know, I... You know, you have confidence in that defense. That defense, Colton, I think we can both agree. That defense is so much fun to watch. That but defense is so cool. It's so cool. Colton, it's so cool. I'm having so much fun watching. I would give up every first-round pick until my life ends to get Cleo Mack. I can't believe. Two first-round picks looks like you're literally punching a newborn infant in the face and then taking candy from that infant that they shouldn't be having already, so that's actually doing a favor to it. I feel so bad for Gruden that I feel like we should just throw him another first-rounder for what we got. <laughs> Here's a pity like, first-round pick, because you're going to need it, John. Yeah, let's give him another, because that defense looks amazing, the offense looks stagnant, it looks terrible, but, I mean, there's a very... I mean, reasonably, we could be 1-2, and two. Um, so I'm not freaking out too much, but we do have two... What is it, Bucks next? Bucks, and then... Um, who's after that? I can't remember. Bucks and I can't remember. But oh, Dolphins. Is it Dolphins? Oh no! Is it really? Yeah, Dolphins. Oh, maybe you do. This is great radio. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm glad we're really prepared. Week five here. We have the Browns. Or, uh, sorry, not the it Browns. is the Dolphins. The Huge. Dolphins. Huge game in the S.A. Vincent Oslo. My dad is a huge Dolphins fan. Wow. All right, we'll we'll hit on the uh, Dolphins later, but I don't think they're that good. That's two wins right there. I mean, it's a three zero team, but yeah, a reasonably. I mean, there's a very there's an actual shot that we're five and one. The Bears actually have a, a bye. The Bears have a bye week five. That's why I was confused. So yeah. okay. it, you got the Bucks that are, you're coming off a bye week to face the currently undefeated Dolphins. So. I think I think the Dolphins have the Patriots this week. So yeah, they so do. So the four and zero Dolphins. <laughs> Um, I think there's something so funny about calling a player an asshole for playing Pat. That gets me every time. <laughs> He's playing like such an asshole out there. That is good stuff. I, love I mean, it. he was. Colton, is there anything? I mean, I, am I missing something? Like, our defense came off flat in the first. They killed everybody after that. 
to the point where Sam Bradford had no confidence, and the coach had no confidence. To send I can't, him out for the I can't believe you put in your rookie quarterback against a defense that has been killing your offensive line and saying, hey, go score in a two-minute offense. <laughs> like, just go. Go try it. Go, go do your best. In a time that's all about rhythm side. and being warm and, like, crisp, here's your first time ever throwing in a NFL game. Yeah, there's four minutes fire. left. Four minutes left. Good luck, dude. Oh, like, that's... Your offensive coordinator will probably be fired. And I was thinking, like, is there any precedence for offensive coordinators getting fired, like, in the middle of the season? Yes. Mike McCoy, the current Cardinals offensive coordinator, got fired mid-season last year. <laughs> so, this guy is terrible. This I don't guy... Know, I think... it, sounds, it sounds like he, like, has a bet with, like, one of his, like, like billionaire friends, and they got super drunk one night, and they're like, Dude, wouldn't it be funny if Mike just, like, kept getting fired over and over and over, and then his friend's like, hey, bet you can't, and Mike's like, oh, yeah, bet me, like, 10 mil. He's like, do it. If you get fired... Hold my beer. Hold my... <laughs> I'll put 10 mil against your team every week, because you're terrible. Oh, man. You know, I can't take away much if we won or lost. I mean, obviously, you get the win, you're happy, you lose, you know, Whatever. But they still looked like a team that had a lot, a lot of struggles on offense. It was, it was, it was hard to watch at points. Mitch Trubisky looked terrible. I really don't have anything other to say than that. I think Nagy looked like he had rookie head coach mistakes. That timeout in the fourth was terrible. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, Colton, did you have? Was there something that you pulled from that game that I'm just not thinking of? All right, I'm not gonna say it because I'm the world's biggest uh, Mitch Trubisky fan. You can check my Twitter. I've been defending him for two weeks. I, de- you have. I defended him a little more uh, yesterday from some NFL Network people. <laughs> hey, let me say that's very honorable of you too. I'm that hey, really huge, is. huge shout out to me. Yeah, it was it was the video of the of the uh, trips or quads right in the end zone, and they had numbers, but he threw to the left and like threw out of bounds. Somebody tweeted I'm that, so then I said, "Please take this down. You try and go out there and play quarterback in the NFL." And so <laughs> and somebody responded and said. You know what? I think I can easily make this throw. And I said, I want video evidence right now. <laughs> and, I didn't, and I didn't get a response. So, Colton won that battle. Yeah. But take that. But yeah, no. Um. Okay. Again, I'm not. This is just. This is. I'm not saying this because I love him. This is what I've been hearing. Um. He looks so fucking bad. <laughs> he. Are there like. I, again, I was working and I was crying, like over Tiger, so I didn't see every single play. Were, was there a good play? There was a few. No, no, stop. Don't even. Jake, Jake, like, like I'm saying, I'm saying against the uh, Seahawks where he like rolls out, uh, extends the play, and uh, touchdown on the uh, left side. That that's a play that you can take away and be like, wow, he looked good. He looked like a promising number two overall pick quarterback. Was there anything? There were some plays that looked like he. Wow, this guy could be Andy Dalton. You know. Wow. Yeah. What a takeaway. What a possible. So we're talking. Hey, Colton. Let me be honest. There were none. He missed so (laughs) many balls. I mean, he missed short flat routes. He looked. I. I cannot tell you how bad he looked. Um, it's so hard to even describe how upset I was watching that because. That's the guy you have for the future still. And that's that's the guy we're going to have to push for the rest of the season. And let me tell you right now, Bears fans, if you're getting hyped up about a 2-1 record right now, you're fools. You're absolute fools. You hear that, Bears fans? 
that is not going to... The only reason this defense looks so good is because Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard are keeping him on the field. Mitch Trubisky looks like an asshole. And that's, that's as, as far as it will be all year, he will not... I'm sorry, I don't see much progression. If you don't have accuracy, you can't hit guys in the short routes, you won't be able to make it long-term. They're still playing sideline ball. Not over, they're not stretching the field. Honestly, every time I was watching, it looked like somebody was on Twitter and they only pulled bad plays and they were making a highlight reel to make them look bad. But it was real It was real time offense in the NFL. And this that was every snap. And that was this is versus a defense that isn't, you know, hasn't been playing great this year at all. So, I don't know. This was a bad team in the Cardinals, and that was a pretty close game. But the Bears are in first place, so I can't talk shit. I'm just... You know, yeah, not in the uh, first of place of, of the um, NFC North is the Packers. Jake, thoughts on um, a very ugly Sunday for you? The oh, yeah. It was brutal. The R-words really came out hot. It was uh, it was a real rainy day, real muddy. So um, passing wasn't working out you know, for either team that much. They completed 12 passes against us. Adrian Peterson came back from the grave from... He has boned the Packers so many times, I can't even believe it. He bones us again on Sunday. He goes for like 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I couldn't believe it. We screwed up in so many ways. Randall Cobb dropped three passes that would have gotten us first downs on big fourth downs. It would have kept us in the game. Rodgers didn't look great. Um, He's still struggling with his injury. Overall, it was just a bad game. We, a few highlights. We had uh, Aaron Jones coming back from his two-game suspension, and he looked electric. He had like six carries for 50 yards or something. Looked real good. He should be worked into the offense more if McCarthy isn't such a dumbass. But, um, yeah. Uh, Jake, can I ask, you, week, but can I ask you this? Yes. Um, when is it official that Clay Matthews is voted the dirtiest player in, in the NFL? Oh, my God, dude. That, like, this one it makes me the least mad, almost, but it's almost the most mad because it was such, it was the worst call so far of the three, by a lot. But No, I think, I think the second one was the worst last week. On Kirk Cousins? This yeah. week, he didn't do anything. He, he tried so hard not to hurt Alex Smith on that, but Alex Smith crumpled up. Like a fucking teacup, and he was like, eh, "Don't hurt me!" I don't know what the fuck a teacup. I don't know. A crumpled up teacup. He looked like such a, a little crumpled ass teacup looking ass. Like we've we've come to the era of QBs flopping, like it's the NBA. Like Ben Roethlisberger last night gets smacked in the head and goes down, gets smacked in the head with three fingers, mind you, and from Jason Pierre Paul, and goes down like he was shot. And now Alex Smith gets hit by Clay Matthews, and he crumples up like a ball and pretends... Wait, 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 Jake. Huh. Is JPP the guy that blew up his hand? Yeah, he blew up his hand. Is that why you said he had three fingers? Because that's yes. awesome. Sorry, you can keep going. I just thought that yes, was cool. He wait, with the hand wait, with three didn't... Wait, wasn't that the guy that blew up his hand with <laughs> a firework? Whoa! I, I couldn't remember if it was JPP or, like... OCU Minura or Justin whoever Tuck. else was off that line. Yeah, but overall, this this rough in the passer rule is actually a disaster. The only team it hasn't really affected negatively is the Bears. They got a couple of really nice calls for them again, but it will affect. I, I've noticed Bears fans are the like the fan base that's saying like it's not that bad. 
wait till it wait till it gets called on Mac. On a oh, I would I would have been furious if it was um if rules were reversed in uh, week one and the Bears. I mean, even if they won, if the Bears extended a game due to a uh, rough in the passer I mean, call. That was a fair call. I mean, like he did hit Trubisky late, and that was yeah. That, that one was for sure. That one was but, uh, a no. Yeah, I don't know why it gets lumped into. But a here's the thing: if a Bears player did it, I wouldn't think so. I would say it wasn't that late because I'm a homer. All right. Well, what else do you guys uh, have to talk about for the I NFL? Just, uh, well, I mean, we got a lot to talk about the NFL. I was just going to finish up on the Clay Matthews thing, the CBA, and the rules, the players' rules, and the rules committee. Blah blah blah. They came out and they had a statement that they don't like how it's being called and how it's being uh, enforced. So, but they also came out and said they don't think anything's going to change this year. But what that usually means is they're just going to stop calling it. Like they'll tell their refs just stop. Like it, it's people. There's been so many jokes on Twitter and videos and stuff that you know it's done. But. Um, yeah, that's it on the roughing the passer. I'd also like to say I just think the Packers had a bad week. We're fine. I mean, I'd like to, the next point, I'd like to laugh at the Vikings for getting blown out by the Bills. What do you guys think about that? Josh Allen, baby. The, he was, like, that hurdle is laugh out loud funny to me. Yeah. Uh, I'd also point out that that hurdle is stupid, and he should never do it again. Because after no. Jimmy G gets hurt for trying to make a juke move to get five extra inches, and tears his ACL. Quarterbacks can't do that. Rodgers doesn't do that. I mean, Breeze doesn't. I mean, Breeze does something. Honestly, Cam Newton doesn't even, like, really do that. He just falls forward. Carson Wentz did that last year. I bet you he doesn't do it anymore. You know, like, you just can't do it. You just can't. It's not worth it. It's not even a first down to win a game. It's not worth it. The 49ers are fucked. They are going to lose 10 games. You know? If you're the so, 49ers, what would you give up for Fitzpatrick? Fitzmagic? Yeah. I only know Fitzmagic. I, I, I'd say like a fifth. But this interesting question, our, my resident Bears fan I text about the Bears said he would want to trade for Fitzpatrick if they're dumb enough to bench him for Winston. He'd want the Bears to get him for the, this year to lead them to the playoffs. Hey, hot Hot take. If we get this magic, I'm not even kidding. Super Bowl. That's Super Bowl theme right there. I think that's kind of dumb because I think the only reason Fitzmagic works is because they have the best weapons like in the league with Mike Evans for him. Just all deep threats. Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard is a freak of nature. Chris Godwin they drafted. He goes deep. He just has the perfect weapons. The Bears don't have the deep threat. They have uh, Allen Robinson, who's not who's like a Mike Evans, but not nearly as good. They have Taylor Gabriel, who's a deep man, like Deshaun Jackson, but he's 5'8", and he's never had over 400 yards. So, I think I'm, I'm literally cool with everything you just said. Totally agree. I don't <laughs> care. Jake, <laughs> the thing is, this defense, I think, is, is so fucking good. And, like... Like, I think they won't be number one in the league, but they're, like, playoff good, where they will put pressure on a quarterback that is good enough to lead his team. Okay, as I was saying, I, I think it's Fitzmagic that's not good enough. I don't. I think the Bears' defense is absolutely a playoff defense. They have all the makings to be, you know, almost as good as those Broncos, I mean, from a few years ago. But Fitzmagic isn't the answer. I think there's 15 quarterbacks in the league that could possibly leave. I counted it out the other day. That could possibly leave the Bears to the playoffs. So 
So there's a lot of quarterback talent. All you have to hope for is a top 15 quarterback. But I don't think Trubisky is one of those. I mean, he's not even that close right now. Because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. I would put him in around 25 of who I would want. That's like, generous. That's it, it so really generous. That, that's only because he's, like, a second overall pick. Sam, this is... So, as a Bears fan right now, who would you rather have for the rest of this season? Um, would you rather have Fitzmagic or Baker Mayfield? Fitz. Oh, 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 man. I was getting all hyped up. I thought you were saying um, Trubisky or Baker. Um, who would I rather have, Baker or Fitzmagic? Jake, who would you rather have? I'd rather have Baker. I mean, I don't think Fitzpatrick's that good. I think he's... You know, just loaded with weapons right now, and and succeeding, and he he did struggle versus the Steelers last night or when on Monday night. So, if we're I, saying so, just for this year, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Fitzmagic. So say you say you take out Trubisky and you have the Bears and you need Baker or Fitzpatrick. Yeah, just for the year, I'm gonna take Fitzmagic. Um, he's okay. a veteran guy. He's gonna come in and. I don't think he's going to make the rookie mistakes with the team that I feel is playoff ready. I really do. I feel that this team has playoff potential outside of the quarterback position. I'm not going to put in a rookie at this point to try and take me to the playoffs. I want a guy that at least has some experience. Don't be wrong, long run, obviously, Baker. But one year, I'll, I'll take Fitzmagic. He's got the nickname Fitzmagic. It's like yeah, I don't know if you guys have Dickie. heard at home, but um, Sam may have mentioned it once or twice that his nickname is Fitzmagic. Cause, because yeah, it, sound, it sounds a lot like Fitzpatrick. I never call him Fitzpatrick. I just call him Fitzmagic. But I would take Baker. He looked really good. He looks like he's going to be legit. He was fitting into passes into windows that weren't even there. I'm a big Baker guy. He's a stud. I love Baker. Huge Baker guy. Um, all right. Do you guys have anything else on, on the NFL? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. We can uh, preview next week. We talked about the Bears playing the Buccaneers. What do you guys think about that? I mean... First of all, is Fitzpatrick going to play, and do you think the Bears are going to win? Fitzpatrick better play. They would be idiots if they didn't if they put in Jameis. One hundred percent agree. Mike Evans and Jackson both came out like publicly and said Fitzpatrick should be playing. You can't have those two come out and then and then uh, start Jameis. How many stinkers do you think it takes before they start Jameis again? One. One. I yeah. agree. I agree. And do you, how do you think the Bears will fare this week? Do you think they uh, go to three and one for the first time in probably ten years? I don't know. I would say the Bears win by no less than a hundred. Okay, Sam. I'm on the exact opposite. I think we see Chase Daniels this weekend. I think. <laughs> I think. I think late third quarter, we start seeing some problems. Um, and I think. Uh, I think we see Chase Daniels. I think we lose by a hundred. It is the game is in uh, Chicago, so do you think we hear some boo birds? I think there's reason to hear boo birds. I, I don't know for sure, but I, I think that they would have a very legit gripe if that's the case. If they're booing by the end of the third quarter, it's because I've seen three shit weeks of Mitch Trubinsky, and I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> Jake, the the Packers play the Bills. Oh God! You know, if we lose this game. I will be on full tilt for the Packers, but we should come out after losing to Washington, who we shouldn't have lost to. Our heads were up our asses. I think we're going to actually just absolutely blow out the Bills 
and kind of just another fuck you to the Vikings because they lost to the Bills. What I'd like to point out, they were 17.5-point favorites on game day. That is unbelievable for the NFL. And they lost, what, 27-3, to I believe the score was? That is mind-blowing. What twenty-seven to six? What the, kind of swing is that? Like the Packers are I, I Jake. Saw, the Packers are nine and a half point favorites. Okay, well you know I'll take it because the Bills look a hundred times better than they did a week ago. Like a week ago they thought this might be the worst team in history, and now they just pull out the team that a lot of people pick for the Super Bowl. And pretty much every survivor pool, I don't know if you guys are in one, they're almost all over. Yeah, I had I had uh, New or- I had New Orleans beating Tampa week one, so I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, this is, it's crazy. Uh, the Packers lost, the Patriots lost, the Vikings lost. I mean, it was crazy. It was a crazy week. All right, well, uh, yeah, well, that's all, uh, that's all we got for the NFL. Should we should we move on to baseball? Sure, sounds good. All right. Um. Well, as of this recording, the Cubs are getting their shit kicked in. And the Brewers are winning last time I saw. So the Cubs are only a half a game out or up on first place. The Brewers won 12 to 4. Uh. <laughs> and Yelich had six RBI. So MVP coming home to Christian Yelich. Stinks. The Cubs stink. Chris Bryant got hit on the wrist today, so that's cool. Oh, no. I know. He put in shoulder fatigue in the notes. What, I mean, is that why he's been playing so poorly? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has something torn up there. He he can't play third base because he can't make the throw from third to first. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this stinks. The Cubs stink. Their bullpen is so bad. Like, one of the first guys to come out of the Cubs bullpen right now is Dylan Maples. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That sounds like a backyard baseball character. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of him. He has an 11 one ERA, I'd like to point out. Fuck Dylan yeah. Maples. Go Cubs, go! We're half game up. This, uh, this hurts. I don't know. At this point, I'd rather prefer a wild card game so they just lose in one game and I get it over with. <laughs> wow, that is a low point for the Cubs this year. They could easily, you know, still win the NL, but um... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but they won't. <laughs> yeah, Cole Hamels has had like three bad starts in a row. And, like, our ace is now Kyle Hendricks. Who knows if Quintana's even going to pitch in the playoffs. That guy stinks. <laughs> he has never been good for the Cubs. No, he had one good start in the in the uh, NLDS against the Nationals last year. That's it. Yeah, and they were coached by Dusty Baker, so what does that even mean? God damn it. <laughs> this is what a really bad time to start panicking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right at the end here, we have like five games to go. This is this is exciting stuff. I mean, the Brewers are a half game back. The Cardinals are five or five games back, so they are not catching the Cubs. You know, the Cubs are gonna make the playoffs. So you just gotta, you know, now it's just down to the wild card, and that's gonna be a fascinating Brewers and Cubs. You know, we'll see. Thoughts, Sam? Uh, I think you know you're. You're panicking, and that's okay. That's that's okay. I don't think there's a lot of reason to do it right now. I get, I get it um, as much as I want to be like, oh, yeah, the Cubs have every reason to panic. They have this and this and this. They seem to find it, and I, they have so much talent. I mean, really, on paper, this team looks like they should have it. They had it the whole year. They're, they're still not playing bad balls of late. 
um, it's not it's not over. And I, I really do hate saying that, but it's really not. They have three guys that I would have so much confidence in uh, pitching game one, two, or three. Um, all three of those guys can match up with anybody's ace. I would have no issues right now. That is not my concern. I don't care how this year ends. I don't care if it's a wild card. I don't care if it's a whatever. They're going to be just fine, and I, I really do hate saying that. It sounds like Sam's coming around and becoming a Cubs fan. Yeah, it really does. I don't. I don't. You know, I think it's because he hasn't been watching the Cubs. Because I mean, they just lost two in a row to the Pirates, and they lost one to the White Sox, which you said was preposterous and could never ever. Happen. I said it would never. A sweep would never happen. You said you went you on said the to Sox say, played up to their competition. Don't oh, even. So you you got, said the Sox played up to their competition. Colton, back me up on that. I um, did say that, but you, Sam, went on to say. The Sox don't have a chance to win a single game. We're going to get smoked every game. You got very riled up about how bad the White Sox were last night. Somebody week. play. Somebody, somebody, give me the quote on that. Somebody give me the quote. Guys, I just, I hate to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm over here. I'm a Cubs fan. I don't like this. You hate to see two Sox fans going at each other. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm just trying to make things good. You know, it, it, Chicago's a big city. There's room for two teams. I don't get why you guys have to have to be so mean to each other. Well, I hate the Cubs, and um, you know, I love, and I'm an overly optimistic White Sox fan. So I get into a lot of arguments with other White Sox fans who are very pessimistic, and I and I constantly have to be positive. So uh, it gets really nauseating. Speaking of fan-on-fan violence, Colton, what about that fight in the bleachers? Did you see that? Yeah, uh, shout out to that guy who kept saying, "Do not fight in the bleachers. We don't <laughs> fight in the bleachers." I don't think the I think he is. The he definitely gets paid by the team to police the bleachers, but I think he's like somebody's cousin uh, because he does a terrible job and he still has a he still has that undercover job there. So he was he was so passive and like at the very end, the girl kept like pointing at people and was like, "You and you and you, you would never know what it's like." And then she didn't say anything. So I, I don't I don't get what that was about. But shout out to. Yeah, the, I want to know what that whole fight was about. They were they were pissed. Yeah, just, just probably, uh, they're probably White Sox fans. Oh! Fighting, <laughs> fighting, with each, fighting with each other, get it? Hey, really though, back to it, uh, let me just be on the record in saying that I, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not rooting for the Cubs. I kind of do this as like a mental thing, like, if I, if I say they're gonna do good, and they do good, at least they look smart. Like, I was like, oh yeah, they still did okay, and if they lose, I'm happy, so it's kind of like a, it's, you know, a win-win for me. That makes but, sense. You, you gotta, you gotta set your expectations super low, but yeah. I would just like to point out that if they're in the wild card game, that's an actual disaster. That, they should not, you know, before the season, mid-season, every time in the season until this last week, pretty much, we've been saying, there's no way really the Brewers, I mean, there's a chance if the Brewers sweep them, and then they didn't, you know, they didn't sweep them. So it's really it would be a disaster if they didn't win their division, but they'll still they're still you know one of the best teams in the NL and could easily come out of the NL and face one of the juggernauts of the AL. If if the Cubs make it to the wild card, I want them to lose. <laughs> I can I could not take a best of five series where three of the games are in Milwaukee. And then, and then if the Cubs fucking lose to Milwaukee, and then even lose in the in the uh, NLCS, but they beat the Cubs, I would hear about it for 365 straight days. From this is this is how Brewers fans talk to me. Hey, 
Did you see the Brewers are only two games back of the Cubs? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Oh, man, fuck the Cubs. I mean, I'll be like, fuck you, man, can you name three Brewers? It doesn't matter, because we're going to win the division. Fuck you! And that's how everybody... Um, imagine that just everywhere I go. Well, you're living in the city, you know, probably wearing Cubs hats everywhere. You know, I get uh, a lot of looks, because I wear uh, Brewers hats around nowadays, and I get a lot of looks, you know, in Rockford, which is... We're closer to Milwaukee than we are Wrigley, you know? We're closer to Miller Park, so... Either way... If any of, uh, yeah, these, of these Brewers fans, like, knew how to trash talk, it'd be way more fun. But that's how that's all of them are. <laughs> hey, Christian Yelich is going to win MVP. Hey, why? Do you know any any of his stats? Nope. But he's going to win it. And the fucking thing is, he's probably going to win it. <laughs> so all these Brewers fans are going to be like, told you he was going to win it. I love Christian Yelich so much. He is so cool. And he looks like Pete Davidson, so... I double love him for that. Oh, man. Well, we can move on. Let's get out of here. All right. Well, you want to throw it over to the Chuck Garfite interview? Yeah, we can throw it over to um, CSN Chicago, Chuck Garfine. Pretty good interview. Um, shout out to Sam for not being there. I was there spiritually. All right. We now welcome on a very, very special guest, anchor, reporter, host of White Sox, Pre and post game on NBC Sports Chicago, host of the Chicago Talk podcast, Chuck Garfine. Let's hear for him. Woo! Woo! We have a huge studio audience for you, Chuck. How you doing? Yeah, it sounds like it. All of what, two people. Two people. That well, that's four hands if you if you really think about it. So that's that's a lot of applause. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, you are part of NBC Sports Chicago uh, covering the White Sox. So. We have some questions for you covering the White Sox. How hard has it been to keep a White Sox podcast interesting during this rebuild? Because there's a lot of hope for the future and a lot of interesting personalities and storylines. You know, I think if uh, this was, say, the Baltimore Orioles, who have bottomed out this year and they you know, don't have much of a farm system and or a direction, that would be kind of a challenge. But I mean, the White Sox shows a path, and... We've seen, you know, a lot of the, the players they've gotten returned. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of injuries this year that have happened to some of these prospects. But there's, you know, so not everything has gone their way. But there is just a lot to get excited about at the major league level and minor league level. And so it hasn't been that a challenge at all to come up with interesting, intriguing, exciting storylines and topics to discuss, whether it's at the major league level of a Daniel Polka or uh, how Ronaldo Lopez has been pitching lately and Carlos Rodon uh, this year or the minor league level when you've got people, you know, from Eloy Jimenez. I mean, I could do a podcast probably or a topic of Eloy Jimenez every week and I think people would listen to it. So that, that hasn't been a, an issue at all for us. And uh, exciting times are ahead. When that's going to be, I can't exactly say it, but I feel like we're getting closer to it. Well, Chuck, if you are officially asking us to do a Eloy Jimenez podcast, I think I uh, speak for Jake and I say yes. So this is this is huge. You heard it here first, folks. Full Eli all the time. Um, Chuck, as the resident White Sox fan, I definitely relate. And I have been, you know, we are all minor league baseball box score junkies. Um, but focusing on the major league team, do you think they can sneak out of this season 
Oh, uh, under 100 losses, currently at 59 and 92 at time of uh, interview. Do you think we can uh, get to that 63 win mark? Yeah, I think they can. But you know what? Whether they do it or they don't, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, the guys, the guys could get hot. Yeah, they could play well. It, it hurts that Jose Abreu has been out. Um, hopefully he gets back for the Cubs series. But, you know, I don't think it really matters. You know, you, you want, I guess yeah, at this point you'd want the better draft pick. But what I want more than anything is I want these young guys who are part of their future to play well and to continue to develop. So what I'm watching going forward this season is not really the wins and losses as much as I want Lopez to play well. I want Giolito, Moncada, Polka. I want these guys playing well and developing. And that's really what I'm looking at in the box score, not if they win or lose. Do I want them to win? I mean, in a way I do, because, you know, that means that things are going right. But also, come next June, when it's the draft, I want them to have a better draft pick. So it's, uh, at this point, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I didn't want them to, I wasn't thinking better draft pick. But when we got, like, two weeks left of the season, you know, winning games is important, but I want I want to see guys developing. That's the big thing for me. Um, so over your years covering the White Sox, I'm sure you got close to him. But um, Hawk Harrelson, is there anybody in this entire universe that is more interesting than uh, Hawk Harrelson? Uh, it's tough to find someone more interesting than him. I mean, he's lived a Forrest Gump life. Uh, he's packed in about 50 lifetimes in that one life of his. And he's been, you know, you look back, and I'll, I'll, you get a chance to see that documentary that we put together. Uh, we partnered with the White Sox. Did you see the Hawk documentary, guys? I did, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, uh, it really gives you a, uh, a keen look inside his life. And they, they didn't even cover everything, but I mean, he's, he's lived uh, quite the life. So I don't think there's anything, anybody that I know more interesting than him. He's a polarizing figure, for sure. You either love him or you hate him. Um, but what I will say is, uh, I'm going to miss him. I can't speak for all White Sox fans, but uh, and I love the work that Jason Benetti is doing, and he's going to be a great broadcaster for years and years. But uh, Hawk will always have a special place in my heart for what he's uh, brought to the White Sox and what he's brought to the game. I mean, his uh, the vocabulary that he has invented, or if it hadn't been invented, certainly created and will continue to be used for decades to come. I mean, he gone, you can put on a board, I can go on and on and give you hawkisms <laughs> for days. And there's not a, a sportscaster alive or dead who has added more vocabulary words to the game of baseball than Hawk Harrelson. He is the king of catchphrases. Um, a little more specific, we've gotten 50 games into our very expensive outfielder, Luis Robert. Um, what have you heard in terms of rumors, what have you seen? How does he look? Does he look like he's worth, worth the tens of millions of dollars? You know, it, it's tough to put a value on it now. I mean, obviously, he spent, it was a $30 million he spent on him. You can't really look at this year. This year is almost a wash for him just because he hurt his thumb and then re-injured the thumb. And if you had anything wrong with your hand or wrist and trying to swing a bat, forget about it. You're not going to be who you are um, or who you can be. He, he, he lost all his power because of it, and, and Rick Hahn even confirmed that uh, for this season. He, he'll get that. Once that, he'll, he'll allow that to heal, he will uh, improve. I don't think he can really say what he is yet or what he's going to be. 
because he got hurt and didn't really play to his capability. I want to see what he does next year. That'll be a, a better time, I think, for me to say whether he's even 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 if it's even if it, you know that's not even enough time. I mean, he's a young guy who's playing. You know, just starting his minor league career. He's really young. He's got a ton of raw talent. But from what I've been told, is he is a guy who wants to work and be great and be better and spend put in the time and effort because baseball is so difficult. You can't just have raw ability and be a great player. You gotta uh, put in the time and learn all the uh, the inner have all the inner workings of, of being a baseball player and hitting and know how to. You know, approach in the bat and have a good have a good approach at the plate and uh, be a good outfielder. So he's got all the physical tools. He's got to find now the the mental tools and the experience. And in time, I think I'm hoping I'm hoping he'll be worth the money. They spent a lot of money to get him, and they outbid some you know many teams in Major League Baseball. I'm not sure what the number is, but uh, let's just get kind of I, I'm looking at this year as a wash for him because 50 games and he wasn't even healthy for it. Um, so White Sox fans have been saying 2020 is the year where, where everything comes together and everything uh, flourishes. Um, is there a dark horse, whether he's in the organization now or he's a free agent, that could help the White Sox rebuild speed up a little bit, sort of like how Jake Arrieta's 2015 um, helps speed up um, the Cubs rebuild? Well, you're saying so, uh, it could be inside the organization or outside. Uh, you know, um yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's tough to say. I mean, it, 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 the dark horse would be, like, it depends also, like, if you're a White Sox fan who's a diehard fan and you know everybody in the minor league system, then there's going to be no dark horse because you're going to have known all these guys. But if you're, like, a casual fan, I mean, they know the, they know the Jimenez and maybe Robert and Kotek, but, you know, there's Dane Dunning, uh, they're still in the seas. I mean, these are guys that can speed up the rebuild. If seas comes up next year and pitches like he's doing right now, um, that's going to speed up, speed things up. Um, but it's, it's not going to be one person that's going to speed it up, to be honest with you. I mean, it's going to be a, a collection of guys that uh, are going to have to do it. And, you know, the White Sox aren't spending any money right now. And they're kind of like saving their, uh, their coins, their dollars for when they are ready to win. I, I'd like to see them make some, mo- I, I expect them to make some moderate moves in 2019, but before 2020, I think that's when you're going to, they'll have a better idea of who they have and what they need. Right now, they're not exactly sure what they have and what they need because these guys are still developing in the minor leagues and to a certain extent in the major leagues, but by 2020, before that, you know, after one more year, I think they'll, they'll, have a better idea of what's up here in the major league level and the minor league level, and then they can go shopping for a free agent or two to say, hey, we don't, we need this and we need that. I mean, I would, I, I'm sure they would love to have Nolan Arenado play third base in 2020 when he's a free agent, but he also could sign with the the Rockies before then. Um, but that's a big piece. they got to figure out third base, and we don't know who that's going to be. There's no one in their system that I can think of unless you're going to move Moncada over there from second. Um, I mean, I like Gilmer Sanchez a lot, but I'm not sure he, he doesn't give you enough power to play third base on a consistent basis. So, um, don't we have the answer that you probably want? There's not one guy. I think it's going to take a, a bunch of guys that are going to have to bring this along uh, to be a winning team in 2020. Yeah, that's it. all of White Sox fandom this year has been a lot of looking forward and speculating. I'd like to talk about what's happening right now in the world of sports in your other area of expertise. This involves the Bulls. This whole Jimmy Butler situation, lots of rumors flying around. Um, he wants a trade out of 
Minnesota. My question is, was Jimmy the problem with the Tibbs Bulls? I know Derrick Rose got a lot of heat, and Tibbs got a lot of heat. It seems like Jimmy seems to be a problem character. What do you think about that? I think Jimmy actually is getting a bad rap right now to a certain extent because, you know, he wants to win. And I, I think what's, what's happened has happened is that his, he isn't really vibing. He isn't really, how do I say it, getting along with Towns and Wiggins in Minnesota. They're, they're just young guys and they're not, um, you know, and Jimmy can be tough and can be very demanding of his teammates, fairly or unfairly. And I just think that, you know, he got traded in Minnesota and he knows that he's going to be a free agent next year and he's not going to want to sign there. So he's basically telling the Timberwolves, I think, you know, hey, I'm not signing here, so you might as well get something for me. And I, I just don't, you know, have a good feeling about this team going forward. So, you know, you might as well trade me now. And I, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, he, and he's, you know, trying to see what else is out there, and he wants to play for uh, a team that's going to give him a max deal because, you know, that's, uh, it comes down to money. And it looks like the Nets and the Knicks and the Clippers might be willing to do that. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that are going on that people don't really, you know, it's very really easy to say, look at what kind, of, what kind of guy is Jimmy Butler that he's, you know, trying to get out of Minnesota, but, you know, he, I just think he's looking for a better situation for himself. If he wasn't a free agent next year, I don't think this would be going on, but I think that's, that's the reason why it's happening. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Jabari Parker leaving Milwaukee and coming back to Chicago and the contract that the Bulls gave him? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how we uh, were up here in uh, Milwaukee, too. Yeah, I, it's... Uh, you know, we, we've seen what he can do if he stays healthy. Can he stay healthy? Can he play the three? There's a lot of question marks for this year. And, I, I, you know, I I think we're, we're, we're kind of rushing to judgment before he's even taken the court. And I think it's a, from a, just a Chicago standpoint, from a story standpoint, I think it's great. You know, he, lets, he gets to come home. And you know, I'm from Chicago, so I know what that's like. And I, I'm, I'm going to be calling for him, and I hope it works out. They'll find a way to make it work. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's a one-year deal, right? Exactly. Basically, yeah. And speaking of it being a one-year deal, is there chances that we get all the Bulls fans' hopes up again for another big-name free agent run next offseason? There's a lot of big names out there. Do you think this team is built to take on another big-name free agent, or do you think they're going to go with what they got and try to build it more naturally? I think it's probably going to be a hybrid of that. I think they want to build this nucleus, and then if you can sign somebody, you know, although historically, you know, the big-name free agents don't come to Chicago. <laughs> they want to play somewhere warm or New York, and that's been the, the MO for a long, long time. But, you know, how you build something special is, is, is from, your, from within. And uh, in glory marketing, that's the guy that I'm looking at. And he's got the potential to be a big-time star in this league. And if he's a big-time star, then he can be the guy to recruit other big-time stars to come here. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I, I don't have the, the list in front of me about future NBA free agents they can maybe sign, but I I think I wouldn't focus elsewhere. I think if you're a Bulls fan, you, you want to hope that, that Dunn, Levine, 
Markkinen um, can can build something special here themselves, and then they can fill in roster spots from there. So you name all these uh, young guys, and it's they're still young in their uh, baby bulls career, but. Uh, with a weak East, do the Bulls have any playoff hopes this year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, you said it yourself, the East is weak. And, you know, these guys are all trying to play together for the first time. Zach Levine missed half the season. Uh, I think they're going to, they could surprise people this year, but you know, to what extent, I don't know. But I can see that, you know, it, it's early. It's early. I'm trying to predict uh, a baseball season. Sorry, a basketball season right now. I'm, I'm just not good at that. <laughs> I can lie. I can make stuff up to you. But I, I, but I would say that, yeah, if things go their way, and all these guys we've been talking about, like Levine and Markin and, and Dunn, develop, then sure, they could, they could surprise some people and make the playoffs. I think they can. Yeah, don't feel bad. We uh, pride ourselves on lying and uh, making stuff up here. So, yeah, right. so you, you fit you, right you in. Make the, lie, lie this team all the way to the NBA Finals. Ooh, sounds good to me. Um, all right, so we've been asking this question of a lot of people. We'd like to know your favorite Sox player and favorite Bulls player. But more importantly, and you don't even have to answer the first question really, who is your favorite obscure Bulls player and favorite obscure White Sox player? A name that you yeah, don't hear. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I live in obscurity with these guys. I've, I've, I've been, I shouldn't say I live in obscurity. I've, uh, I've always been interested in the obscurity side of things with all Chicago teams. I like the, the random players. So, and I got a million of them for the White Sox. Do you want, what, what decade do you want for the White Sox? Dealer's choice. Uh, let's get a, one from a few decades. Okay, I'll, I'll give you one from the 70s, the 80s. Okay, I'll just give you a bunch of them for the White Sox. Uh, in the 70s, I like Wayne Nordhagen and Bill Naharadny. Uh, you can look them up. They were very unspectacular in their White Sox careers. Um, 90s. Oh, no, I was 70s. 80s, I'm going, uh, hmm. Salome Barrojas. He was a closer for the White Sox, I think, in 1983. Uh, and then more in recent years, um, Let's see, uh, Casper Wells. Remember him? Casper Wells. I don't jinx the yeah, White Sox. I, I, I do remember. My dad talks about him, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, he probably, what year did he play with the, with the White Sox? He was with them in like 2013. He batted 167. <laughs> Here's his last line for the White Sox 167, 225, 182. That's a major league player right there. Of, That's perfect. Yeah, OPS of 407. Uh, and then uh, my favorite Bulls, random Bulls player, I got two of them for you. Granville, Waiters, and Juwan Oldham. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just man. some like names that somebody at a at like a bar gets really drunk and just starts like rattling off random like like words. Yeah. yeah Granville Waiters played for Ohio State and he looks so old, he looks older than the head coach when he was in <laughs> college and then he played for the played for the Bulls and he, he looked older than Doug Collins, I think. So Google <laughs> Granville Waiters, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, so over the years, um, from covering so many athletes, are there any of them that you ha- that you have like actually uh, developed a, a close friendship with? Like one that you get a, a Christmas card every year from? Um, you know what? I, you see, now you're asking me to like uh, how do I say it? Name drop. So, yeah, name drop. Ask me a name drop, and I don't like a name drop. Um, well, you can just like. 
like describe a player. Like say he wears the number twenty three and he might have played basketball once in a while, something like that. Okay, so a guy who I'm close friends with, and I'm I'm very I kind of like pinch myself, and I'm uh, very humbled to say is a guy who played for the White Sox. He was number thirty five, and he went to the Hall of Fame. So that's oh. that's that's a guy. We'll get our uh, research team on that, and then I think we might yeah. be able to uh, to figure it out one of these days. <laughs> Um, so, I know you don't want to name drop, so the only thing we can do is obviously ask for different names. Um, the White Sox have been a very fun team this year. They've been fun to watch. Who are some of the funniest athletes you've ever covered, if that's okay to talk about? Funniest athletes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, let's see. Who's been... Oh, Ozzie Gian, number one. Number one. That'll never be top. Yeah, I mean, I've never laughed so hard, you know, working while working in my life than him. He's like a comedian. Uh, <laughs> some inappropriate things, yes. Uh, but he's got a great wit and uh, comedic timing about him. I, I miss him in the dugout. Uh, he was, a, he was a, one of the most uh, entertaining personalities I've ever covered. I don't think I'll ever be topped. Yeah, the uh, the longer he's retired, the more like small details come out on on the internet. That guy just seemed to love life and like love laugh everywhere. Yeah, I mean he would come out to speak to the media at like say four fifteen, and he'd be in a dugout, and the session would last about ten minutes, and he would keep going for another twenty thirty minutes sometimes, where he would just be there talking, and I have like other work to do, and I want I like I have to. I have to stop. I have to like, leave. I have to, I have to walk away from Ozzy being funny because I have to go to work. I, mean, I, I have to actually do, <laughs> do something today to uh, make money. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, that's just, you know, that's how, how he, and he's, he's got uh, an energy level, a motor on him that uh, doesn't stop. So he, he's like that all the time. He must, he must sleep really well. <laughs> I bet. Um, so I've, I've actually always, always wondered this. Have you ever thrown out a first pitch anywhere? Can I throw out a first pitch? Yeah. Okay, believe it or not, I've done it one time, and it is a place where Sox fans would never, ever, ever believe it, but the only time I've ever thrown out a first pitch is at Wrigley Field. Ooh. Now that's it was, uh, yeah, it was because it was like, it was some kind of um, sponsored night that our station was Comcast Postman at the time, and they were the sponsor of this night. And I was sitting at my desk, and it was like, I think the year was like 2005. It was the year that Sox ended up winning the World Series. And they, my boss said, hey, uh, you want, what are you doing later? I'm like, uh, nothing. He goes, and they, she asked me if I wanted to go throw up the first pitch of the Cubs game. I'm like, sure. So I did. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like one of those things where you're like, wow, my career is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I was pitching myself then for sure. I can't believe I got to do this. Were you, were you really nervous, and like, did you warm up at all? Um, I definitely did not warm up, and I was nervous. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember if I was nervous or not. Um, you I just blacked I, out. I, I, if I was, but I was. I just want to make sure that I hit the glove. That was the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, I did. I did do that. I didn't. I don't know if I threw a strike, but it, it definitely hit the glove. So I'm glad about that. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have. Um, yeah, same here. Is there anything that, that you that you'd want to uh, plug or uh, or uh, promote here? <laughs> okay. When's this gonna run? Um, next Wednesday. Next 
Wednesday. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, uh, the baseball season will be uh, be wrapping up next week, but if you guys want to listen to the White Fox Talk podcast all throughout the off season. We'll uh, be putting out a podcast with White Fox news all winter long. So take a listen to that. That's oh, my plug. Perfect. What a plug. They're really going to appreciate it because millions of people are uh, tuning in for this interview. I, I can feel it. Well, great to talk to you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on and for all your Bulls and White Sox questions. I appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Chuck. Thanks for coming right, on. Guys. Have a good one. Wow, what an interview. Excellent. Wow, we really did a good job, Colton. Yeah, shout out to me and Jake. And no yeah, pe- we did such a good job. Yeah. Sam, what was your favorite part? Give me your favorite quote. You know, just when he was talking about when he couldn't decide, like, who his favorite guy was that he had met or interviewed with. Just because, like, it just shows, like, the depth, you know, how many people he's gotten a chance to meet um, and all the, the different, uh, you know, I guess the different athletes that he's grown to love and be a part of. And that's great. Like, yeah. I love that. He actually did choose. Do you remember who he chose? Wait, what? I'm sorry, you're cutting out there? What? <laughs> you put your finger in the ear that didn't even have a head- headphone in. <laughs> 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 You're so uh. stupid. <laughs> oh man, what a great interview from Chuck Garfine. Big thank you to him for coming on. But uh, we can get it over to, uh, I mean, a, I guess a little college football talk. Uh, Jake, what happened in the Wisconsin game? I was at the Cheesecake Factory and they were losing with like three minutes left. And then I got home and they won by like 17 points. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Like, I mean, I, Iowa always plays us, you know, us and Iowa always have great games. So I. I knew coming off a loss to BYU, I knew it was going to just be a really tough week. But, it, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, we won by 11. So it, it looks worse than, it, when, than the score. 28 to 17. Like, when you look at that on the scoreboard, you're like, holy shit, it's a blowout. But it was actually uh, really close. But it was just a late, you know, a late touchdown to put us away that uh, ended it. But, uh, yeah. Wisconsin moving on. We're still ranked 18th for some reason. But, uh, I don't know. We're, we're we're a pretty good team. I think there's a chance we, you know, we can beat Michigan whenever we play them. So that's the goal for the year: beat Michigan. What do you guys have next week? Um, next week, let me find it. Well, as you're finding that, I'll talk about Notre Dame. They they beat Wake Forest. Cool. Did you guys see that Wake Forest didn't have a kicker on their first touchdown? For their extra point. I did see that. What the hell was that, man? How do you? <laughs> you should be you should be fired and never kick again. Yeah. Sam, did you see that? I did not. So, Wake Forest scored their first touchdown, and then the entire team lined up for the extra point, and the guy who, and the holder, got on his knee, and he said, he said, like, all right, ready, set, and then he turned to, like, look at the kicker to, like, give him a little nod, and the kicker wasn't out there. So, it was literally just <laughs> yeah, ten, it was, it, was it was ten guys lined up for an extra point without the kicker, and then the kicker, like, ended up coming out and missed it, because he was, like, rushing it. Yeah, it was great. And by the way, Wisconsin doesn't play next week. That's why I couldn't find it. Dope, dope, dope. Well, Notre Dame plays next week. It's probably going to be a college game day because they are playing Stanford. Um, big one. Yeah. Big win. Uh, big game for Notre Dame. What was that? Big statement game for Notre Dame. They need to beat, you know, they got to beat the good teams. They want They have, I mean, Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame in general want to be a playoff team this year. So... This is like the, one of the biggest games of their year, and their schedule to finish the year out is pretty easy. 
Well, Virginia Tech is actually pretty good. They were ranked like 13, but they just lost to Old Dominion, so that's why they they're not ranked anymore for next week. Yeah. But yeah, Stanford. If we if we win this game, I think we can lose one game after that and still make the playoffs. That's a good point. So, yeah. so big game at Notre Dame. We'll see what happens there. But uh, other uh, college football news: Duke and Kentucky are ranked. I just I just think that's funny. That is absolutely. I think it, this is the. Uh, I saw something. Duke and Kentucky have been top twenty-five in basketball five hundred and twenty-five times, and they've been both in the top twenty-five in football four times. So that's pretty amazing. Thoughts, Sam? Go, go, college football. Good take. Go, Sam, for eating during the podcast. That's awesome. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. <laughs> Alright. Not many comments out of, out of Sam over there with his big, full-ass mouth. full-ass <laughs> fucking goldfish, which are clearly inferior to Cheez-Its. Yeah, alright, so, Sam, since you've been stuffing your fat face this whole episode, we can start off our NBA talk with our weekly Derrick Rose update. We'll kick it over to you, Sam. Awesome, thank you guys. Uh, welcome over to the Derrick Rose update. Glad to have you back. Um, probably my, my favorite segment um, of all time and probably the best, most popular segment on this podcast. On the internet. Uh, like I said, just want to welcome back all the fans. Um, this week we'll be talking, I, I have a little bit of an inside scoop, guys. I have a little bit of an inside scoop. Um, this last week, um, as everybody knows, Jimmy Butler requested trade. Uh, there's, you know, obviously there's there's a lot going on with the with the Timberwolves at this point, and I have the the inside scoop. Um, so I reached out to a couple of my my insiders. Um, I reached out to Tibbs. I kind of got the inside scoop as to what uh, what's really going down. And uh, I guess what happened, and this is, you know, it, it's going to sound weird, but this is what they said is that Tibbs sat down with everybody um, and made it a point that Derrick Rose was going to be. Uh, the main guy this year. And this is, you know, they were going to run their offense around Derrick Rose. Jimmy Butler was heated. Jimmy Butler asked for a trade. So obviously they don't care at this point. They're trying to shop him. Um, Carl Anthony Towns came out in support of Derrick Rose very recently, saying uh, Derrick has always been great. If that doesn't say it, I, you know, I don't know what else does. Um, so I think, you know, and just being reasonable, um, Derrick Rose is looking at like a 30 and 15 year. Um, and, and probably an MVP, and he's going to lead the Timberwolves in the playoffs. Um, I will say just another little highlight here is that uh, Derrick Rose, I, I didn't notice it before, but I do notice it now, a little foreshadowing. He signed a one-year $2.3 million contract with the Timberwolves. Um, 2.3? 2.3? I, I've heard those numbers before. That sounds a lot like 23 to me. That sounds a lot like Michael Jordan, and that sounds a lot like living in the past or foreshadowing to the future. Derrick Rose back to the Bulls 2019 uh, for a repeat, a two-peat, some people might say, uh, MVP trophy. <laughs> Who says two-peat instead of repeat? <laughs> thank you for joining me this week. Uh, we are taking donations. We are trying to meet Derrick Rose. We're trying to get him on the podcast. So if you guys are looking... Uh, to reach out for a donation, you can find me on Twitter, um, and then I'll just—I don't have Venmo, so I'll, I'll just <laughs> come to your house. I'll okay, take <laughs> You just asked for donations so you could meet somebody. 
Um, but in all seriousness about Derrick Rose, there was a lot of hate around him. I know you don't like to hear this, Sam, but he did get a lot of uh, flack for when it was Jimmy Butler's team versus Derrick Rose's team. Whose team was it? Everyone was like saying, Derrick Rose needs to give it up. At that time, it's Jimmy Butler's team. Everyone was saying that, and like Derrick Rose being a bad teammate. But I think this really points the finger and lets us look back and say, maybe Jimmy Butler was a problem the whole time because he's kind of being a baby back bitch for the Timberwolves. So, you know, I think this shines a good light on Derrick Rose overall. Yeah, I think the team has really good chemistry with him. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, no, I, I seriously, though, I do agree. I think Jimmy Butler, it's kind of hard to watch because Jimmy has been such a good, you know, you got to love him just because he was a part of that team. He was a part of that time that I just fell in love with the Bulls. Um, it's hard to see what's going on right now. But, I mean, realistically, when you have Derrick Rose and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, how can you not say that they're a top-tier team in the league? How can you not say that they're a top-three team? A healthy Derrick Rose. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Once you add Derrick Rose in the mix, they are real scary. Yeah. Yep. I'm scared. Good, good take home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um... So do you think Carl uh, Anthony Towns getting a, a max deal is going to uh, want to push Jimmy Butler away a little more? Yeah, I think oh, yeah. they had to make a choice. They had to either, like, because Carl Anthony Towns says he didn't want to play with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler is asking for a trade. At that point, you can either, like, for some reason Thibodeau is, like, begging Jimmy to come back and, like, pleading and, like, refusing to hear trade calls, which is crazy to me. But... You know, they, I think the owners and the GM had to make a choice and say, is it Jimmy or Cat? And they're like, Cat's a lot younger. He's versatile. He might be lazy, but you know what? We, maybe a different coach, not Tibbs, can get that out of him. Well, and you know what? Really, with Jimmy, too, is no offense to Jimmy. I just, I, he just doesn't come across as, I mean, people are obviously, like, not thinking he's a one anywhere, but does anybody really see him as, like, a number two to a championship team like he's a Clay Thompson like where it's like he has to be like your third option on a really great team he like, was a second option on a really great team is what he was yeah, and, and, that's, and that's they were the best and it didn't it still didn't get him to the top still well, did not it won the year before I mean they, they won with just Clay Thompson and Steph and, and Draymond and Draymond is not the second option he's, he's a great you know at what he does but he Clay Thompson was enough but you're right, he does need other, I, I don't think Jimmy is I don't think like Jimmy and Kyrie could team up and like, oh, well that's a super, like, oh my god, Jimmy, Kyrie and some other guy wouldn't be a super, you know, star team there are some rumors of him going to the Bucks for the one year uh, Colton, how do you feel about that? Do you think he's a missing piece to make us compete with Boston? Who, Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler, there's, there's some Bucks rumors flying around. Not that he would sign with us, we would make a trade for his one year, like the Toronto Raptors did, but... What would the, what tra what would the trade be? I, I don't know. I, I mean, there hasn't been... Uh, there's just been reports that the Bucks are interested. As long as, What I'm thinking, as long as it doesn't involve Middleton, and obviously Giannis, you don't even need to say that, I'd honestly be fine with it. I would love <laughs> that. Jimmy's still like a, a, like a shutdown defender. That'd be so cool. Yeah, because then we could play him at the two, Middleton at the three, and Giannis at the four, and that's an excellent defensive lineup. And then who cares who's playing one and five for us at that point? Fuck it. Can I ask if you guys had a chance to see? Because I know Clay has actually been linked to the Bucks as well before. Who would you guys rather have? Oh, honestly, Clay. 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 
Okay, cool. I, mean, I, 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 I like to Jimmy, but... I love the shooting. I love the defense of Jimmy, but man, I I think the shooting with Giannis would be deadly. Yeah, if you can Giannis get somebody who's a lights out shooter, where absolutely. where uh, Giannis is is driving and and people collapse, and you can kick it out to Clay Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson would average thirty points like a game like every other month. I agree. I think yeah, I think Clay Thompson is the missing piece for this Bucks team to legitimately be a championship team. I just don't think it'll ever happen. But I literally think if we had Klay Thompson, the Warriors didn't. We could compete. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins throws a wrench in everything. Fuck me. But I'm just saying, you know, who knows what DeMarcus Cousins is doing after this year. Who would you guys rather have than Clay or Derrick Rose? <laughs> Are we talking what year Derrick Rose? What? Well... <laughs> I mean, the coordinate matters, yeah, you know. Am I getting longevity? Clay Thompson. <laughs> Clay's younger, you know. And, 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 and better. better. You can cut the tension with <laughs> a knife, folks. <laughs> All right. All right. That's a really... Thanks for watching TV shows. Yeah. Well, I would ask Sam, but he's probably just eating right now. I just can't even answer. I'm not eating at all. What's in your mouth right now? My tongue, idiot. <laughs> I, get, I see you chewing, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Alright, well, you know what? Before TV shows, we can kick it to our brand new segment. Um, so Sam always... Sam is probably our our uh, biggest Eminem fan that, I've, that at least I've ever met. Same. So, we're asking him about lyrics and stuff, and he was he was reading off some lyrics, and... We decided it'd be a great segment, a real crowd pleaser, and really good for my future as a uh, great employee to um, have a weekly Eminem Lyric of the Week segment, picked by Sam, read by myself. Um, From now on, I think, yeah, these will just be spontaneous. I think I'll just send them to you during the podcast, just so you get a fresh look <laughs> at, at this. And you don't even you don't even get a chance to, like, reread it, see if it's okay. Sure. This might be my favorite segment ever, and I'm not even involved. So I'm. I'm so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is uh, Sam. What song is this from? Oh, I actually I can't remember which one I sent you now. The the first one that you sent me about the it'd be Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Oh, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. Eminem. But Colton's Colton's rendition of it. <laughs> All right, because if I ever stuck it to any singer in showbiz, it'd be Jennifer Lopez and Puffy. You know this. I'm sorry, Puff, but I don't give a fuck if this chick is my own mother. I'd still fuck her with no rubber and come inside her, and have a son and a new brother at the same time, <laughs> and just say that it ain't mine. What's my name? <laughs> oh man. That was awesome. That was, uh, again, I'm back from the Marshall Mathers LP. I was so uh, nervous doing that. <laughs> I can feel the awkward tension in your voice. Oh, I'm sorry for everyone who's listening to this who loves me. You probably are, you're so disappointed in me now, but <laughs> whatever. Segments are segments. That's showbiz, baby. It's showbiz, baby. That's going to be seriously my favorite segment, I think, moving forward. And I know the guy that does the Derek Rose update, and he's pretty cool, but I would love 
Eminem one. Ugh, <laughs> oh, yikers. Alright, sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, okay. Okay, uh, yeah, we can move on to TV shows and movies now. What have you guys been watching? Um, well, I've actually been playing video games lately. A new thing. I don't, I don't play a lot of other than sports games, but I got PlayStation Now. It got t- three months for $20. It was like a flash sale. And there's a ton of games on there that are like, just, you know, after you pay, you get, you get to play any of them at any time. I've been playing a little Red Dead Redemption. Which I never played, I always wanted to, but it's basically Grand Theft Auto, but uh, in the wild, wild west. And um, it's absolutely awesome, and I, I forgot how much I like playing video games. So I did see in the new Red Dead Redemption that it's so lifelike that when you're riding a horse and the, and the, the weather's really cold, it's balls shrink up. That would be, yeah, that would be, I mean, I've heard, I can't imagine how good it's going to be, because the one I'm, I'm replaying it just because the new one's coming out, so this one came out eight years ago, and it looks really good, so I can't wait to see what the Red Dead Redemption 2 looks like, Sam, with shrinking horse balls. Sam, what have you been watching? Um, I don't, I don't think I brought this up last week, but uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia's new season is out. Um, I have been tuned into that. I think their episodes, their fourth fourth episode of the season just came out. Um, I actually haven't watched it. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Um, I have to say, are you guys Always Sunny fans? Yes, big Always Sunny. I've seen the first episode. Haven't seen two or three yet. Oh. I've only seen two episodes ever. Oh, wow! And that is the number one thing in my entire life that people get mad at me for, <laughs> and that people are like. Well, I'm surprised because you seem like a like a It's Always Sunny fan. Yeah, you you do. I I won't be mad at you. I'll just be the parent disappointed in you, person. Which is um, way worse. It's a great show. Yeah, it, I kind of meant it for that too. But um, I will say that their new season, Jake. I don't know if you agree with me. Their new season so far has kind of been it's been a little dull, and I feel so bad saying it. Like I really want this next episode to be like classic. You know, at Patty's doing doing their old shtick. You know, yeah. just messing things up. Like I really want to see that. They're like, you know, a WrestleMania in their backyard. It's amazing. That show is one of the best shows. One of the best. It's up there with The Office and uh, Parks and Rec and all those shows for me. It's it's great. Yeah, this year again, they're just thinking a little too far outside the box. Maybe um, they should kind of go back to their their classic stuff. But go back in the box. Get back in the box. Um, I got I got home from class and I uh, and I saw on freaking Netflix. Why couldn't I think of the word Netflix? Um, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone have a new TV show out together. Have you seen this? You heard about this? Yes. It's called Maniac. Um, I kind of was like falling asleep on and off the first two episodes, but. I read the uh, descriptions, and they were just more, like, um, character-building episodes, and then I just read about their characters online. So basically, the whole show is about these two are kind of bad people, and kind of, uh, kind of, like, like things are just, like, messed up in their life, so they are taking a, they both signed up for a uh, medical prescription trial, or something like that. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Hi, like um, like a, a pharmaceutical testing group, and yes. you take three pills, and w- the first pill, I guess, um, 
finds out why your life is so miserable mentally. Second pill changes you, and the third pill like permanently makes you happy or something like that. It's 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 something like that. I don't know. It seemed um um interesting, so give that a try. It's called Maniac. I am definitely intrigued, and I love both those actors. So, so do I. Um, the first episode. Sense, there's an actress in there too. Well, I think when they're when you're referring to all of them, you say actors. Well, maybe we should start with actress first. Kind of change the change the thought. On I that. love both those actresses. Yeah, both those actresses. I don't think that's bad. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, it's about time someone stood up. And <laughs> Sam Conn is the first name that I think of when I think of champion of women. Champion of women. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, guys, that that may be it for episode fifty nine. Um, Skype has sucked some real balls this episode. I don't know how long this this episode is at this current moment. Uh, it could be an hour and forty five minutes. So thank you for listening to the whole thing. It's I thought it was choppy at times. I'm sure. I mean, oh I'm sure yeah. Going to do a great job editing it. The the audio is going to stink because it's all on my handheld recorder through my. I've, I'm literally just holding it up to my. I fucking hate my computer right now. His computer um, is falling apart, people. Uh, anyway. He's Venmo on my computer. Yes. Yeah. M- yes, my Venmo is at Colton St. Vincent, I think. Colton St. Dash Vincent. I, I would like to point out, because I was talking about video games, that's also your PlayStation gamer tag. It's just your full name. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to add him on PlayStation, it's Colton St. Vincent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, like, ever... Listen to people, but I'm sure everyone's like, "Fuck you, Colton St. Vincent," because I'm so bad at Fortnite. So when I when I play with people, I'm I'm so I fucking stink. So I definitely lose a lot of games for a lot of people. Colton Dash St. Vincent is my Venmo. <laughs> Give him a computer. I'm yeah, sure. if you, if you guys if you guys want to pay for my new computer, I'm not gonna say no. So I guess <laughs> we can. Colton is is generous enough to accept your gift of a computer. That would be so nice, guys. I would love it. Ugh. Uh, uh, okay. Alright. <laughs> Final thoughts on episode 59, guys. Jake started. Okay, I'll uh, we both went. Um, I'm just going to go with my final thought, is that the Packers are fine, and um, I, he's heard a lot of shit talk from Bears fans. Not you two, but... Uh, I think it's a bad idea for Bears fans to talk shit to Packers fans right now because of who you've played. Okay. Uh, final thought is I believe uh, we didn't touch on it, but it was a sad, sad day in Sam's world. Um, growing up, Dr. Huxtable was always a favorite of mine. Um, but Bill Cosby, obviously, three to ten years in prison today, deservedly so. Um, what a trash bag. What a, what a He should have gotten way more. What a, yeah, should have gotten away. Well, I mean, he won't, he won't was, live it out, but... It was because, like, 65 of the 75 women that testified against him were outside the statute of limitations. So, <laughs> he's real yeah. lucky there. Overall, just a sad story. I swear, he was really one of my idols growing up. I loved watching Dr. Huxtable. It was one of my favorite things to tune into. Um, and just, a, just a sad story all the way around. Um, but to get past that... Uh, again, feel free. I know Colton's just out there pleading for money now, taking away from the uh, Derrick Rose thing. Um, <laughs> seriously, if you guys ever want to listen to an awesome Derrick Rose interview, just donate a lot of money to me, and then I can just make sure he's going to get on here when I pay him a lot of money to come on here. <laughs> it would take way more money to get Derrick Rose for an interview than it would to get Colton laptop. I would like to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Because I'm... $1,000 would pay... 
for a Derrick Rose interview? I do not think so. He would pay for me to get a flight to his house to then stand outside and probably get bailed out of jail once or twice when they yeah. arrest me for stalking. That's fair. Sam, you, you can just drive to Minnesota. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Alright, so we're gonna do that this year. <laughs> uh I mean we are we are getting hot with our uh with our guests, so I guess now is uh, the best time to go for it, you know? Oh, we're going to Minnesota. As a unit, all three of us. What about when he plays the Bulls? Or the Bucks. Or the Bucks. I have a lot of connections on the inside and we can get something. Sam hasn't thought this through. I was just excited, okay? So I said Minnesota. Yeah, there's a lot of other options, but we're going to see them. A lot of great options. Um, so, yeah, so my final thought is Skype sucks balls. Fuck you, Skype. We are officially an anti-Skype podcast. Fuck you, Skype. Final thought uh, 2.0 is I'm in pure... It's like, it's not even panic. It's more of like an annoyance mode. Because this fucking Cubs team stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask, where do they end at the end of this year? Just final thought on how this how this yeah. Ends so the next episode will be during the playoffs. Um, I think, I think um, the season ends on Sunday, so that means the the wildcard game would be Tuesday, right? Yes. So maybe next week we'll be recording, watching the Cubs live. Um, you make it. The to- Brewers and the Cardinals. <sighs> if. I genuinely think the Cubs are going to lose the division. Really? Yep. Well, I, well, see, you do play the Cardinals last uh, series of the year, so that's that's a tough one. God damn it! They got a lot to fight for. All right. Well, I mean, if if we beat the Cardinals a lot in the last series, the Rockies might sneak in. All right, whatever. My. My two final thoughts, fuck Skype, fuck this Cubs team right now. Next week I might have a completely different outlook. They may be the best team in the history of baseball. So They they need to win three games so I can hit my over. <laughs> I really need that. So, episode 59, thank you for listening on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Um, 12 Ounce. 12 Ounce. Yep, that's right, Sam. You said it. Every time, went uh, every week on the time. All right, goodbye. I love you. I was walking around the neighborhood with my mom, and I could tell she had some shit up on her mind. She turned to me and said, "Mike, don't you want to meet someone?" I said, "No. I want to meet everyone. I want to get drunk with the punks and do." Bump with the king I wanna creep down the hall And go to bed with the queen And when they come for my head Well I'll be somewhere at sea Singing loud, singing proud It's good to be free Cause I won't waste another day Live in someone else's way I wanna be happy I wanna be free Fuck what they say I'm doing me Mama said, but Mike, don't you want to be comfortable? I said, no, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be scared out of my head and lost out of my mind. I want to fall in and out of love a few thousand times. I want to spend all of my money on my friends and on drugs. And I want to ride around on a horse and give people hugs. And when I come into town, they'll say, oh, shit, there's Mike. 
something wrong with that boy, I swear he just ain't right Cause I won't waste another day Living someone else's way I wanna be happy, I wanna be free Fuck what they say, I'm doing me My mama said, but Mike, don't you wanna have kids? No, I am a kid Chances are if you go look at mama, you might find some Cause my pullout game just ain't so hot these days And if you find them, you tell them daddy said follow no man Follow the God within They'll be coming for your heart real soon, son This whole thing is rigged You're back in the matrix You gotta find your own way out Cause I won't waste another day Live in someone else's way I wanna be happy I wanna be free I Fuck what they say I'm doing me Fuck what all them say, I'm doing me I'm doing me, I'm doing me, I'm doing me Me, 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 me Yeah, fuck them